Welcome to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host for today. Today, we welcome Liz Thorne. Liz is a finance and sustainable investment professional with two decades of expertise spanning corporate finance advisory, bank lending, bond issuance, and investing. Currently in the role of Senior Director on the Private Fixed Income Team at SLC Management, she sources, structures, and invests in private debt in the clean energy sector and is an active contributor to SLC Management's Sustainable Investing Council. She's also been involved in a range of sustainable financings, and we'll talk more about sustainable financing versus environmental, social, and governments and and what all of that means. So we'll discuss all of this, including Liz's 14-year career break and relaunch in an executive fellowship in former Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick's office before moving to Sun Life. Liz, welcome to 321i Relaunch. Hi, Carol. It's great to talk to you again. The work you do has been tremendously valuable to me, and I think it has extraordinary benefit to any organization that looks to find mid-career and senior-level talent. I'm so happy to tell my story to the extent I'll be of benefit. Wow. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you saying that. And Liz, we've known each other a long time, and I've followed your career since you first relaunched, and and it's just quite an amazing journey. So we're so privileged to have you here as our guest, and and thank you. Um, First, why don't we walk through, we'll start by walking through your educational background and your early career path through the end of your career break. Okay, um, sure. Uh, that's a lot of years to cover. Yeah. Um, my, my career was very linear up until the point I took my hiatus, as you'll see. I graduated from Wellesley with a degree in philosophy and economics, and I had wanted to add math too, but was told that ma- two majors were enough. <laughs> I, I really found doing research and conceptual thinking on new topics exciting and also enjoyed quantitative analysis. A career in finance has allowed me to constantly be doing that kind of work, and that is why it was a great choice for me. I knew nothing about finance or accounting, though, coming out of Wellesley. I learned it all on the job from my colleagues, first as an analyst at Oppenheimer, and then at at Tuck, where I got my MBA. From Tuck, I joined Bankers Trust, which isn't around anymore, but was well-known particularly for non-investment-grade credit and derivatives, which is how I built my expertise in those areas. I moved to Canada with Bankers Trust to work with their energy derivatives team and then started bringing Canadian non-investment grade corporates to the high yield bond market in the U.S. I joined TD Securities first in Canada and then in New York to help grow their investment grade business. And when I made the decision to leave, I was a vice president and director at TD Securities. And it wasn't just one thing that caused me to take what I thought would be a short-term hiatus. It was many factors. My husband had a great opportunity at a startup in Boston. We were located in New York. I was expecting our second child, and I had older parents there that I wanted to take care of. I I also had an idea for a business that I was working on, uh, so I thought that I would do that for for a few years and then move to the buy side because Boston has a lot of buy side firms. It's really well known for that. But my priorities and timing got realigned by events in the world and in my life, which caused me to decide to seek more community service and caregiving roles, 
which I ended up doing for 14 years. It, it went by in a flash. And then I returned, decided to return to work. Wow. It's, it's quite a journey there. It's so interesting because I remember Bankers Trust and, you know, I was, I was working at Drexel Burnham Lambert. So we were um, focused on the high yield market. And, uh, and I also actually started my career on the buy side with an investment management firm um, in LA, capital research and management, and then came back uh, to the buy side after my relaunch. So a lot of what you're saying here resonates really clearly. Uh, a, a lot of parallels. Yes, yes exactly. Um, so tell us about this relaunch in the public sector, in the executive fellowship in Governor Deval Patrick's office. And I remember this very well because we we met dur during this time um, because I actually remember uh, when this program was first announced and I spoke to them about how they would feel about opening up the fellowship to relaunchers. Uh, and the, it was uh, Rachel Kapilian who was in charge of that program, very senior um, official in Deval Patrick's government at the time. And they were extremely receptive, opened it up. And in, there you were. You were one of the relaunchers that was accepted in that program. Um, can you talk about how you decided to apply for it, how you found out about it? Did you think it was a long shot? And how did you handle the application process? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, well, I found out about it through the iRelaunch job uh, board. I had been um, um, uh, going there for quite some time looking for opportunities. Um, but, you know, out, after 14 years, everything is a long shot. So my co confidence was weak and I knew it was going to be difficult. Uh, it was a mountain I needed to climb. When I saw the Massachusetts leadership and, and fiscal policy analyst opportunity, I was really excited. I felt I had both deep knowledge of corporate finance and some perspective on nonprofits. And what was really missing in my toolbox was how governments make uh, financial decisions. Mm -hmm. so, so at the time that I saw the opportunity, I, sh I should back up and tell you a little bit about where I was on the relaunch process as a whole, because it yeah. was after about five or six months of, of looking for opportunities. And even before that point in time, I knew that I wanted to go back to work. I had been looking for about five months uh, or so at relaunching. And in the five years leading up to my relaunch, I had been doing pro bono management consulting through community consulting teams, which matches teams of MBAs with nonprofits looking for st strategic advice. I had been connected to them through uh, my Tuck alumni office. I knew I wanted to go back at some point, and that, that was my way of planting seeds. Also, during my break, I had been working extensively with the state's Department of Children and Family Services. Uh, as a foster parent, and I had a keen interest in social services. So the fellowship process included uh, essays and grades and written re recommendations, as well as a test. I had not been in touch with my work colleagues, uh, so reaching out to my former boss was not comfortable. I was really had lost confidence and was worried that he would even remember me. Uh, but he did, uh, and he was great. Uh, he, he had a written recommendation to me in less than 24 hours. Wow. Yes. Uh, reading what he wrote helped me remember who I had been professionally, and I had lost a, uh, a degree of that um, sense of myself and self-confidence over the 14 years, and it really helped me reestablish my confidence. 
And once I, once I got to the interview, I really didn't know what to expect. Uh, but when they asked me if I had any experience managing large sets of numbers and data, consolidating them and making decisions off them, I, I knew I could do the job. So um, I was really happy that I was chosen. The role was inside ANF, which for those of you who don't know state government is essentially the CFO office to the governor's CEO mm. office. Mm-hmm. And Massachusetts at the time was doing some really innovative financing work in green bonds and social impact bonds. Uh, and it was out of that office. So I, I really wanted uh, to be there. I felt I would learn a great deal. And as I, I said, that opportunity was intended to be for a one-year fellowship. Very interesting. And you said a couple of things, Liz, that I want to highlight for our audience. So first of all, you reached out to your former boss from 14 years before that. And I can't tell you how many relaunchers come to us and say, I don't know what I'm going to do about a recommendation because I haven't been in my in touch with my boss for over a decade. A, I don't know if he's going to remember me. B, I don't know if he or she will be mad at me because I haven't been in touch over all this time. Um, And we always say, go for it because, you know, if you don't reach out, for sure, you're not going to hear anything. If you do reach out, you have a chance of hearing back. And invariably, they'll come back and say, yes, they remembered me. They were thrilled to be in touch. And um, and it, it was it was a very positive experience. So the idea that you're saying you get in touch with your boss from 14 years before and you get a recommendation within 24 hours and it renews your sense of confidence about yourself because it reminds you who you used to be, um, which is a whole other topic about um, frozen in time and how even if you have a diminished sense of self about a, a, a diminished view of yourself because you have gone through this long career break, People from the past have a frozen in time view of you and don't know anything about that. For So that's the other piece. There's so much wrapped into that comment. So I, what, were you, was it just amazing to hear back and to get that kind of positive response? Oh, yeah, it was it was really, um, you know, the, the relaunch process is arduous um, and, yeah. and you really have to work hard to stay in a proper state of mind. Um and and so it was really great. It was kind of like the the uh, accelerator um, and, and really helped a lot. I, I'm very thankful I did that. Liz, just to follow up on that, uh, you know, it's so interesting to hear you talk about the executive fellowship program in the governor's office because this was not an official returnship program yet, it kind of functioned like one would um, for you personally. So I wanted to know if you could comment on that. Sure. Yeah. So it, it was a leadership program and there were women from all, you know, different stages of their career. And all of us were part of this program, which sort of uh, was on top of the fact that each one of us also had a specific role that we were hired into in different agencies. And so the program brought uh, the group of us together, I think there were 12 of us, and we were a cohort. So so we, we sort of already had a group, you know, to to uh, mm-hmm. to launch uh, within the government with. And so that just, uh, that gave us support. Um, at the beginning, they had some uh, more structured sort of monthly leadership and career advice, um, CWB, the Center for Women in Business at, at Bentley, 
uh, provided some mm -hmm. content there. Uh, they also uh, made sure that our group had a brown bag lunch with each of the agency heads within the government, each of the, you know, the heads of a large part and so we they got to know us and we got to know the different parts of government um and, and how they fit together and, and that kind of thing um and then over time we actually continued it beyond because we just found that that support of having other people um sort of cheering you on and coaching you and giving you advice was really helpful. So, you know, I found that earlier in my career when I joined Oppenheimer, there was a group, I think there were 10 analysts. Um, and I certainly wouldn't have made it through without that group when I joined Bankers Trust. Um, they had a rotational program. At the beginning, we got our series seven and series 63, and then sort of rotated through different asset classes and sectors, that kind of thing. Um, and mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I think it's kind of well known within organizations that, that you know, having people, um, you know, have uh, a, a group of people uh, that they can connect with immediately, maybe even beyond their team, but throughout the organization um, really helps in, in making you more successful because you have a sort of broader vision of, of what the organization's all about. And you also um, just have that connection with, with individuals um, that you can, um, you can tap if you have a particular question or, or um, otherwise having the support of a group like that is very helpful. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because one of the articles I wrote for Harvard Business Review is the power of the cohort in career reentry programming because the the in-house corporate programs typically run a, if they use a returnship style program, it's typically cohort based. So uh, this, you know, again, is using the cohort structure, even though this was not specifically a relauncher program. Were there any other people in the program who were coming off of a career break or was everyone else having worked straight through? There was uh, one other woman who had been a, a partner at a very well-known law firm and then had kind of a, a similar number of years off at, as I. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, so two out of the 12, pretty amazing. Uh, well, that, that's excellent. Thank you so much for summarizing that, Liz. And when you got back into your, uh, we got the fellowship, you're in the CFO, the equivalent of the CFO's office of the state of Massachusetts. They're doing all this innovative financing, working with modeling and complex numbers, uh, numerical analysis. How quickly did it take you to get back into the the swing of it and to feel completely comfortable in that world again? Yeah. Um, so within the government, government, uh, a lot of the work is done in a budgeting system that there's no way of you know unless you're doing it, you don't know. And mm -hmm. the general experience of being in the state house, there's it, there's just so much energy there. Everyone there is mission oriented. I, I describe my time at the state house. So it's like drinking out of a fire hose every single day. But certainly one of the things to consider is that this program, I started in the last quarter of the Patrick administration. So I knew there was going to be a big uh, transition. And it, we moved to the Baker administration four months after I joined. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I had learned so much in the, the those four months. I mean, just, I was I was taught by my peers and my colleagues. It was all hands on deck. There was a lot of work. When the Baker administration uh, came in, uh, there there was a, a lot of personnel uh, leadership changes with that. Um, and a, a few months after that occurred, in fact, they they made. Uh, a new position um, for me and promoted me into a position called um, Director of Debt Management and Special Finance Programs. So it encompassed general obligation, green bond, social activity debt. It also included the social impact bond and I-cubed which programs, which is an infrastructure program. And I was Secretary of the State's Finance Governance Board, as well as Governor Baker's designee on the Mass Development and Mass Ventures Board. Um, so they really moved it into where I could could add value. So I was in the public sector, but I was working on bond issuance and finance structures. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, so again, did you somehow once you were back in that world, did all your prior knowledge just come rushing back and you kind of seamlessly like moved into that role? Or did you have to take any courses or do any extra studying on your off hours? Like how did that part of it work? Yeah. I mean, there was certainly in terms of how a bond issuance uh, work that that all came back. I'd had enough experience. It was that it was like riding a bike. Um, and, uh, but no, uh, otherwise, in terms of skill set, I had a lot of support and, and help uh, from the, the people at, at A&F, and that's how I got up to speed on everything I needed to know. Wow. Well, you you must have uh, totally blown them away also with your skill set to get that kind of role so quickly um, after, you know, the administration change. So really, really impressive, Liz. Um, so then... How long were you in that role before you moved uh, to your next role, which was in the private sector? And how did that happen? Did you get uh, re recruited to do that? Did you reach out? W what was the process there? Um, so I was in that uh, role for about uh, for about 18 months. And, and actually, uh, I saw the Sun Life job on LinkedIn. I thought there was probably a low probability of getting an interview, let alone a job. So difficult with portals, no, even knowing if your resume is being seen by the right people. But mm -hmm. I was fortunate enough to get hired, and I am part of the investment-grade private credit team at SLC now. So you applied just like through the regular, you know, online application process? Through LinkedIn, yeah. Wow. That, that's, that's so interesting because, you know, a lot of people don't get any results by doing that. So your experience must have really stood out to them. And, it, and it's very encouraging to know that if you do have the right match of experience, that you can make it through uh, one of those complex recruiting systems. Yeah, I was very lucky. I'll also say, you know, just, um, you know, I was not coming it wasn't lateral from where I'd left finance. Um, mm -hmm. It was it was a step back from that. I think you know you have to do that. Um, at least yeah. my experience was that you have to do that. Yeah, I've written about this um, for Harvard Business Review, um, where we you know about level, and we we followed relaunchers who were relatively senior in their positions when they left to go on career break, and when they came back, they ended up taking a role that was either 
significantly lower or somewhat lower than what they left. And then we caught up with them a few years later just to see, well, we're, well we're, where were they and what was their message? And their messages were, get you know work on getting your foot in the door don't be so overly concerned about the level and raises and promotions will come along after that right 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 you know know where you want to go and do the work prove your value yep. exactly uh so liz relaunchers often want to relaunch in an area where they can make a difference and i'm thinking that an area uh, professional relaunching professionals in finance might be interested in is the area that you work in, sustainable investing. So I wanted to know if you can first define for us what sustainable investing is, compare and contrast it to ESG, environmental, social, and governance, and also uh, compare and also define social impact investing so we understand those clear definitions. And then if you could give some advice on how relaunchers can enter that field, that would that would be awesome. Sure, sure. Um, and I'll say that I, I am defining this. This is how I how I talk about it. Um, there is um, in the field, there's a lot of ter- terminology and people uh, define it in different ways. But so so there's impact investing, which is generally in my mind, not investment grade. And it might be equity or debt. In many cases, it's investing in in things for people who are in an underserved or unserved uh, community. It might be uh, financial services or healthcare related or power. And so, it's trying to to make investments to help at the more venture spectrum. I would say then, and I focus specifically on on investment grade. And then, so then mm-hmm. within investment grade, there's there's ESG investing. ESG investing actually also applies, most, most often applies to public equity, but we use it in our fixed income um, practice. And so ESG stands for environmental, social, and governance. And it is a, it's more like a lens how, of how you would look at a company um, and looking at factors on how it appro- a company would approach its impact on the environment, its employees, its customers and the communities in which it operates, um, as well as its governance. And these factors that are non-financial usually today um, would have an impact long-term on its license to operate um, and on its financials in the in the long term. So on our return and, and our value in the long term. Uh, this is this is part of fundamental analysis. So along with financial analysis, strategic assessment. So it's something we do on every investment. But this space, um, unfortunately, we don't have anything like uh, gap accounting. Um, there's, a, there's a real um, issue in terms of getting to, to good data, uh, data that you can make decisions off of, comparable data, and disclosure for companies. And so... And the other thing you really need to think hard about is um, making sure th- that the factors you're looking at have a material impact on the on the uh, company and your investment, um, rather than than um, sort of being a red herring, I guess. And so the entire market is, you know, th- there's a push within SLC as well as globally in the markets with NGOs and otherwise 
to improve disclosure, to improve the comparability of data. Um, and there's some great work being done, and I'm involved in that both. Uh, I, I'm involved in, in that work within SLC management. And then the way I'm using sustainable investing would is uh, more related to how a, a sustainability bond might be defined. So there's international standards for what is a sustainable bond. It, it includes uh, it's sort of the combination of a green bond and a social bond. So the use of proceeds are going uh, for an environmentally positive uh, uh, impact or a socially positive impact. And so, for instance, Sun Life invest, uh, uh, issued a sustainable bond in 2019. So those proceeds of the bond would be used uh, to go into green and social deals, uh, which were then verified by a third party as meeting uh, an international standard. So, so that's hmm. how I, I talk about sustainable investing. But there are different quarters of it, as you, as you can um, appreciate. Um, to answer your question on how to get into the field, there are now emerging a lot of uh, great programs. You know, the Yale program that I was a part of, that was the first cohort, and it was all working professionals. And Wait, what was the Yale program that you were a part of? Oh, I, I just uh, received a, a graduate certificate from Yale. The name of the program is called um, Financing and Deploying Clean Energy. And so it was really sort of the intersection of policy and technology and financing and innovation. Um, so they had different uh, uh, parts of, of Yale and external um, experts sort of teaching us, and it was a cohort of about 75 professionals. And um, th there are other, when I was at the State House and working on the social impact bonds, Harvard Kennedy School was, was, was very involved in that, that process. Um, so I think there's gonna be more and more on the, on the education front, particularly virtual, um, because at my program at Yale, there were people all over the, the globe who participated. And then there's really more conferences and reports and discussions than, than I can keep up with. Uh, Europe is general see, generally seen ahead of the US on these issues. And so if you're interested, um, on learning more, certainly look globally um, at what what the standards that are emerging and what companies are doing uh, globally. So I would just encourage people to uh, to dive in and network. Excellent, thank you. Um, so Liz, we're we're getting toward the end of our time uh, on the air right now, and I wanted to know and bring this back really to the personal level. Uh, when you look back on your own relaunch, and you relaunched um, in the Governor Deval Patrick's office back in 2014, so it's six years later, how do you think about or describe your evolution to where you are now? Like, do you do you still identify with and consider yourself a relauncher, or do you think that you don't think about yourself in those terms anymore? No. I I will always consider myself a relauncher. It's part of my story. And I'm really proud of what I accomplished in that and every other chapter of my life professionally and otherwise. Um, and and I, I do consider relaunching after 14 years as an accomplishment. And, and so although it was tough, I really feel enriched and rewarded by the process I went through. Uh, but I also 
I like telling my story because I hope it will let people on both sides of the recruiting process know that it is worth taking a chance on someone with a nonlinear career path. Diversity of thought, diversity on teams is so important to achieving the best outcomes in companies. Mm-hmm. Such an important point. And I hope that there are employer representatives who are listening to this podcast who are hearing loud and clear what Liz is talking about and also uh, being inspired by her example and, you know, looking at Liz's career path since she relaunched, which is is really quite remarkable. Um, Liz, I have one final question to ask you as we're wrapping up, and it's the question that we ask all of our podcast guests, and that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about today? Huh. Um, well, well, I think you need to look for a way into organizations that you want to be a part of that are doing interesting things. And Take an adjacent position, do it well, but know that where you want to go and, and let others know it too. If you're aligned with the organization's goals and bring value, you're likely to be successful in that. And I feel like that's that's really what I've done. So, so don't let the job title deter you. I had to take some steps back to move forward and, and there's no shame in that. Really, really important advice. Um, and I hope everyone is listening carefully to exactly what Liz just said about sometimes you have to take a step back to move forward. There's no shame in doing that. Um, it's enriching on so many levels. And that's sometimes the path that the relauncher needs to take. So great talking to you, Liz. And thank you so much for your example, for your wisdom, for all of your uh, lessons learned, and also for telling us more about the whole sustainable investment space. Uh, I learned a lot uh, in this conversation. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks. Thanks so much. This has been great. And thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co-founder of I Relaunch and your host. For more information on iRelaunch, go to iRelaunch.com and make sure to register and upload your resume on our iRelaunch job board. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.